the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 36, Time for Recovery, with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. And download the Inside the Rink app to play our podcast on our podcast page. And you can leave it running in the background without actually staying on the app. And subscribe <laughs> to Inside the Rink's YouTube page to watch our episodes. Smitty will tell you how you can sign up for ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, you can sign up for ESPN Plus by going to the Inside the Rink website. Go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and sign up today. I have ESPN Plus, and I love all the Major League Baseball, soccer, college sports, <laughs> UFC, and much, much more. So sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Hey, with the uh, pitch clock, much better take the uh, Major League Baseball. Yeah. It certainly yeah, is, it although, it, half uh, your night. although it bit the Red Sox in the ass the other night. And Kenley <laughs> Jansen got a couple of violations and <laughs> blew his second right. save in a row. So uh, Red Sox are back to uh, playing badly. Yes. And uh, they're 8-1-1 one, one in series, but they've been swept like three times. 8-2-1 <laughs> yeah, yeah. in series, been swept three times. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, somehow they're still, uh, you know, winning record, but last in the division, so... Good for them. They're as, they're as mediocre as can be. Absolutely. Um, all right, so the Bruins, we've, we're back after a small hiatus to recover. Yeah. Lick our wounds, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting happenings in the media. Uh, recap with Sweeney and Neely and such. And I'll tell you, Cam Neely was some kind of pissed off looking uh, in that whole situation. He he was. It's that's his general vibe. Unless they win, he looks angry. He looks pissed off. He looks like he wants to be out there checking someone through the glass, uh, which is you know his personality. He was a professional athlete. He's ultra competitive. Uh, you know, it led him to be a Hall of Fame player. Uh, he is not a Hall of Fame uh, front office executive uh, by some of the blunders that he's made. Uh, you know, Mitchell. Uh, whatever the guy's name, last yeah. name, Mitchell Miller. Is it Mitchell Miller? Mitchell Miller. Yeah, yeah. Mitchell Miller. Uh, that, we believe, was Neely's call, um, yeah. you know, among other things. So, um, you know, it would be nice to see him kind of uh, figure things out in a front office role. Um, but, um, yeah, he's, he's a really competitive guy, and he looked pissed off that the team lost as, just uh, as we are and as all the fans are, you know, around Bruins Nason. Now, when they, when, they, when they were sort of watching these games, do you think that they get together with the coaching staff at all, Sweeney, Neely? Like, when you make those changes they made in game, going into game five, do you think, I mean, does Sweeney and Neely show up at the rink and like, what, what the hell is this? <laughs> I mean, do they, or do they talk about it much? Do they know this? Or, I mean, is this something we can say, whoa, 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 you know, what, what's going on here? I don't think they, I don't think they get that um, in-depth during during the series they may they may talk to him uh before a series starts about maybe a pre-scout or something along those lines they meet with the scouting staff and and so forth and they'll talk about the other team and and that stuff but i think game to game within a series they're not they're not involved in any of the decision making as far as you know who plays who comes back into the lineup that kind of thing uh unless it's you know medically involved and and they get involved uh you know with that a little bit but I think the the game to game stuff. I don't believe they have any kind of impact on. So you, you know that really falls to the coaching staff and goalie Bob and that kind of th- that kind of those kind of guys. 
I mean, I really wonder what, like, what Neely's thinking, you know, what the problem was, and I wonder what he thinks of the job Montgomery did uh, in this series, and I wonder if he is, I mean, like, how how upset he is or if he puts any of the blame on that because I, I feel like they probably think, Neely and Sweeney, that they did everything they could to put a roster together. And this is, was, you could arguably say, the most talented roster they've had in however many years. Yeah, I mean, they the front office did everything right as far as, far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, people have, have, you know, be on Twitter and they'll, they're still coming and coming for Sweeney for some reason, like, cause they didn't I succeed know. and it's, yeah. and it's his fault somehow. He put the, he put the pieces together. He gave them every, every, uh, opportunity to win with the guys that he brought in, um, you know, mortgage the future for it and, and, and brought in the right type of guys. Um, the guys that he brought in generally had, you know, pretty good playoffs. I mean, Hathaway wasn't, was more of a fourth line, kind of a, a smaller piece, but Bertuzzi had an excellent playoff, you know, Orlov, you know, it wasn't great in his own end, but no defenseman really on the Bruins right. uh, in the Florida series was good in his own end with the exception, maybe of Brandon Kylo. Uh, and, and so you can't really put that on, on Sweeney and Neely, you know, the guys that he brought in played pretty well. I mean, Orlov had produced offensively. Uh, so, you know, I, it's hard to, for me to blame those guys when, when they gave uh, they gave that group every every opportunity, you know, every piece that they possibly could to to uh, you know compete. All right, now we have the after, aftermath, and that leads us into Seven Chirp, sponsored by Lobster Brewing, Lobster Brewing and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. Open seven days a week. Use the coupon code Sports to get ten percent off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com. Follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events on social media. Uh, and chirp number one, Don Sweeney, says the roster will be different. Back in 2019-20, after that season, team president Cam Neely said that they would have to take a hard look at the roster but didn't really make any major moves. How drastic this time will the roster change? I think they have to do some pretty significant moves in order to get under the cap and get the guys signed that they need to get signed. So there'll be some guys gone. Um, there'll be some trades. Uh, I think most of the free agents, they're just going to let walk. Um, you know, the restricted guys, I think you're looking at them resigning Frederick. I think they'll resign Swayman. Um, as of, as for unrestricted guys, I think they'd like to keep, um, Orlov, they'd like to keep Bertuzzi, they'd like to keep Hathaway, but I believe Sweeney said in one of the season-ending pressers that they're, they're probably only going to be able to keep one of those guys. Um, you know, I think you're going to be looking at may, possibly them trading a goalie. Omar could be out, um, I think, uh, for cap purposes, and, and his value will never be higher. So I think he could possibly be... A, a cap casualty, and you might be able to get a decent return for him. I think you could see Grizzlick on. Uh, certainly, Riley uh, would be a candidate to go. I think Forbort's a candidate to go. Clifton will walk in free agency, so the defense is going to look very different, I think, next year. Mm. Uh, and then trying to piece together the forward lines when you're not quite sure yet if if Krejci and Bergeron are back. So uh, there's the 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 team in ge- in general is going to look very very different than it than it did uh, at the end of this year. How much does it hurt the Bruins if Bergeron takes forever again? 
to make a decision. I mean, it, it, you can't, you can't, you can't, you have to believe he can't take as long as he did before. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it would hurt them because they, they need to fill that spot. Uh, so I would look for, for them or for him to try to get a decision made by the time the draft rolls around. Uh, if not, you know, before that, uh, certainly to, to help the Bruins with, uh, with the plans for next season. But uh, I would I would expect that um, you know they would they would be kind of planning for him to be gone and and trying to move in that direction you know just uh, with you know the, some of the tea leaves that you've you've seen uh, you know at the end of the season and and so forth so I think they're probably planning for for him and Krejci to be gone and moving forward without them uh, but we'll see how that all shakes out. All right, turn number two, Bergeron's big game legacy. He's three and eight, game sevens. He told Monty he was playing game five no matter what. Did he, in fact, did that decision, did his power, uh, the power and control that he had in that situation, did it, in fact, hurt the team? I, I mean, in hindsight, you have to say yes, don't you? I mean, you do. Yeah, you he, do. He, was, he was 0-3 when he came back in the lineup. Uh, I mean, he was a minus player. He he just wasn't himself. Uh, so I think you have to say that it hurt the team, especially after they had, you know, won a couple of games in Florida. So, um, you know, I, I guess it, it's, it's uh, you know, hindsight. But, yeah, looking back, I, I would think I would say that they probably would have been better off if he had sat out maybe a, a game or two more and, and tried to get a little more healthy. I, I don't want to say I'm Nostradamus, <laughs> but I did bring it up in the podcast that, you know, could Monty make the decision that need to be made? It just seemed like he was really deferring to the leadership group a lot. And people were dismissing and saying, no, behind the scenes, he's coaching. And I'm sure he was, but I had a little bit of a concern in the back of my head mm-hmm. that Monty would be able to make a really hard decision like, really be able to come up with a, you know, a, some sort of adjustment that needed to be made, whatever. And I really believe that this is where it really, you know, it sort of reared its ugly head. And, it, and, and I don't think he did. And he even admitted it in the, in the postseason mm-hmm. press conference, like that he would make this, like he didn't, he, he, he regretted, you know, switching the lines. Yeah, you know he regretted some of the goalie stuff and mm-hmm. blaming Bob Senza and all this, all the things that people called him out for. Yeah, and I and I just you know at the end of the day, it was a small concern of mine, and it probably should have been a bigger one because it actually I think it actually happened. I think it really hurt the team and it hurt the outcome because he he at the end of the day he couldn't say to Bergeron, look, you know one more game we're up three one coming home we just mm-hmm. won two road games. Like we, we, and we run them pretty handily. Like mm-hmm. we played well, like, okay, like, you know what? Give me, give me one more game and let, let's just see if we can wrap this up with the same group and then we'll go after it in game six and, and Bergeron, you know, pushed his way just like he did with Montreal and playing the last game of the year. Mm-hmm. And I think that Mont- Montgomery could have put his foot down and said, you know, you know, Bergie, look, you know, you know, there's a bigger picture here. And, right. And, and, and I, I, I really think it was, it was really an egregious error. I, I do. Yeah, it's and, the one, and it's the one blemish, like in, in Patrice Bergeron's entire career. I can't think of another instance where anybody could say really anything negative about the guy. 
But if it's, if it's this is his last go of it, his last three games were some of his worst of his career. Right. And this, this these decisions to play last regular season game and in game five, six, and seven, that's sort of a stain. Well, I'll say this as far as that goes. It's not up to him. It can't be up to it can't be up to Bergeron. He's played through a punctured lung in the playoffs. He's played through cracked ribs in the playoffs. He's played through broken noses in the playoffs. If you leave it up to the player, they will play. They will play. They're competitive. That's why they're at the highest levels in the NHL. If you say to Bergeron, um, you know, are you ready? He'll say yes. It's like a pitcher, you know, out there in the eighth inning. He's like, I want the, give me the damn ball. I want to keep the ball. Don't take me out of the game. Right. It's Grady Little. Yeah. I mean, any, any athlete worth his salt is going to be like, I want in. I want to play. I don't want to watch. That's on the coach. That's not on Bergeron. That's on the coach. The coach has to say, look, I'm putting my foot down. You're going to rest one more game. And, and, and then we'll, you know, you'll get, if we win it, you'll get extra time to rest and we'll be ready for the next next series, the next round. So that's on, that's on Montgomery. I I don't put that on Bergeron because any athlete worth anything is, is going to want to, is going to want to be in the lineup. Sure. And true. And I think that, Again, I, I had those concerns, and I mean they weren't huge ones, but man, it just it just I, I thought that at the end of the day, you know Montgomery would you know would, would coach the team and do what was best for the team, and he he just didn't have the type of didn't take the type of control he should have. And this is a great segue into chirp number three. <laughs> it is Jim Montgomery was accountable and mentioned what he would do differently in the postseason press conference. I feel like my question of whether he can make the decisions needed in the playoffs was answered, and that's a no. Absolutely true. Uh, that's all true. He was accountable, which, which was nice, and I yeah. think he will learn from it. I think his biggest, uh, the biggest problem with Montgomery this year, um, he was great in the regular season, and, and everything's lollipops and sunshine, and everybody's happy and singing kumbaya, and everything's great. Um, and everything's going really well. He did not have enough head coaching experience and playoff coaching experience when it got down to times that really mattered. And that's when you saw the mistakes. When the pressure was on in the playoffs, he didn't have the experience to be like, look, now's the time I need to make this goalie change. Now is the time where I have to be a little more firm with my leadership group and say, look, uh, things are going well right now. We're going to go with the group that got us here. You need to rest another game or changing the lines all around. He kind of panicked there a little bit, um, I think, from inexperience. And we've talked about Cassidy and so forth, and Cassidy w- would not have been the right coach for this team. We, we've, we've said that. Right. Ahead of time already. Um, But he had more experience. So I think he would have been a little more kind of level, uh, level headed there in some of those situations. He probably would have pulled Allmark in some of those games. Uh, He probably would not have gone uh, into such a drastic line changes for game five. So it's just a lack of experience there that I think hurt Montgomery. And hopefully, and it seems like he did, he'll learn from it and be better, you know, the next go round. Unfortunately, the next go round uh, is not going to be with those same guys and this same team. So uh, his inexperience there cost them um, with a really, really good squad. It cost them, uh, you know, the potential to to win the cup. Yeah, and it's it just has to be really frustrating for Don Sweeney and Kim Neely because I mean this was the last kick of the can. We've heard this 
four or five seasons in a row, like, okay, one last go, okay, one last go, and they, and 19 was such a disappointment, and then you have it right there. I mean, you have it right there. You have the roster. You have the records-breaking season. You're, you, you think you have the right coach. You have the right mindset. Everybody's ready to go, and then the lack of experience, like you said. I, I don't think they make the record with Cassidy, but I really believe they win that series with Cassidy. I really believe that. Now, during the season, they probably all would have, you know, asked to be traded. Well, yeah. They so that's the thing is like, he, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have got them to where they were. They, they and they wouldn't have had the same team. Like some of those guys probably wouldn't have come back. Some of those guys would have no. been traded. Uh, so you know, it would have been a different team if Cassidy was there. But like you said, the the experience and and the you know the the you know the fortitude that he has like he would have been able to make some of those more difficult decisions i think that would have helped him win that series and it wasn't you know from what i could gather there wasn't a ton of experience in the assistant coaches either i mean sacco was there and got, we've we've said all along like that guy has pictures of someone i don't know what it is he's been hanging on but you know chris kelly and you know they didn't have a ton of like they didn't have that rick bonus like they didn't have like that old guy yeah you know the, you know just just there to help, you know, that old guy. With yeah. Like a Tom V type, like Tom a, McVie? Yeah, yeah, like a, like a veteran assistant that right. could, that, that had the experience that could say, listen, you're, you're going a little overboard yeah, here. Like just let's, not let's, yeah, let's not, let's settle down a little bit. Let's, right. let's maintain, you know, some poise here and, and we'll be fine and so forth. Yeah. They didn't have that kind of steadying guy. I don't think that could have, uh, that could have kind of eased it out and, and, and prevented Montgomery from making some of those mistakes. Right, so it'll be interesting to see with this coaching staff, you know, there will be a casualty or two, I'm sure. Uh, there has to be. So I would imagine that they might be able, they might try to find some more experience behind the bench in that fashion. Yeah, that's a possibility, for sure. That. That's a possibility. All right, Chirp 4, does Florida's success help the feeling any? No. No. <laughs> does, the, the people it worse. Yeah, the people saying this, it drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah, it's how like does it not make it worse. Like you if they win the cup, you had them 3-1 by the balls, just right. beat them twice in their own fucking barn. Yes. Like you had them. You had them. You had them. So, so you would have won the goddamn. Yeah, game. exactly. <laughs> That's exactly my thought. So you were up 3-1 on the team that won it and you should have right. won that series. So that right. means you should have won the whole damn thing. That doesn't right. make me feel better. That makes me feel no, worse. worse. Makes me it's feel a hundred times worse. Yes. They should have won it. Yes. Fucking A. I know. I Stop mean, with that. Toronto, Jesus. Like if Toronto swept them the next round, I'd probably feel a little better because boy, Toronto is a buzzsaw in Florida. Yeah. We aren't as good as we thought we were and all right. that stuff. Sure. But for God's sakes, if Florida runs the table, goes all the way and wins it, like for God's sakes, that makes it worse. Like I know Joe Haggerty put out that tweet, like, does it does it feel any better? No, it doesn't. It feels worse that they're they just pounded Toronto. Like yeah. you would have done that. Yeah. Like my goodness. Uh, no. Uh, Chirp five per source teams were interested in Linus Elmark last off season. Do the Bruins explore trade this off season? I think they do explore it. I think they do. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think it's primarily for salary cap relief. Uh, you know, you get 5 million off the books. Um, and you know, maybe that allows you to re-sign, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, so, and then you have, 
you would have Swayman. You know, Swayman was not as good as Allmark was, but you you would expect Allmark probably to come back to earth a little bit uh, next year because uh, he had an otherworldly season this year uh, right. in the regular season anyway. So you would expect him to come back to earth a little bit. And Swayman was very good. I mean, it wasn't he wasn't great, but he was a you know he was a top ten goalie in the league during sure. the regular season. Yeah. Can he sustain that with more playing time? You know, we'll see. Uh, but you know him and uh, Brandon Bussy, uh, Bussy um, combination, I think would be fine, and you would save a little money there and and be able to maybe sign some of your guys, give yourself a little cap relief, sign some guys to kind of fill out some of those spots that uh, you know you got got a bunch of guys leaving. So um, yeah, I think they should explore it, and his you know his value will never be higher. So well, this is a hard year right now to to sign Swayman, even if it was a one year bridge deal. Like mm. You still got to give him three or four million bucks. Like it's a yeah. hard year to give that kind of money to anybody. Never mind us, the backup goalie. Yeah, I mean so, there uh, there was two other guys that signed uh, similar situations to him um, that signed bridge deals. I believe one of them was Spencer Knight, and I, I'm not sure if the other one was Jake Ottinger or not. But they signed in the you know. 3.5 to 4.5 yeah. range. So you're, yeah. you're talking three and a half to four, four million, four and a half million bucks for Swayman for right. two years. They were, right. they were both two year deals. So you're talking, you know, two times eight probably. So, I mean, that's, you, you, you've got to cut somewhere. So I think yeah. you, you have to be looking at all Mark. Um, if you can get rid of, you know, a, a four board and a, and a Riley and, you know, They'll save you some money, but if you want to keep some of those high-end guys like Bertuzzi, uh, everybody wants seems to want to keep him. That's going to cost you, you know, six, seven probably, um, or seven or more maybe even. So uh, if you're looking at keeping him, you gotta you gotta make some moves that cuts that are going to probably hurt you a little bit. Yeah, I mean you're going to have to rely on some of this young talent. Yeah, they're going to have to kind of infuse. And, yeah, I mean they are, and you know I. I would I would explore. I mean, I think you have to explore. He's the one guy, Elmark, who has the most trade value. I mean, I, he's the guy. I mean, I don't. Yeah, you could trade Taylor Hall, but look what you got for Taylor. Look, like, you gave up for Taylor Hall. Like, I don't think you're gonna get a ton for him as much as you think. No. Um, and then there's guys like Grizzlick. I mean, that's a draft pick. You know, Forbort might be a draft pick. Riley's a buyout. Like, you know, those like those are salary dumps. You're not getting a ton. If they're taking all the salary, you're not getting a ton of return. You're just not. So Almark's the guy that gives you at least some assets. Maybe you can get back in the first or second round of this draft, which seems to be fairly deep, by by trading Almark, and then you go with Swaim and give him his give him his two for nine, and and just move on with that with that goalie tandem of him and Bussy. Like, I, I think that that's your best bet. I don't remember the last time a Vesna Trophy winner was was traded in the off season. It would be rare, but I think it's the right time. He's 29. You know, you go with the younger guy in Swayman and the guy in Swayman who both the last two years ended up being your goalie in the postseason at the end of the day. Right. Like, you know, so that's the other thing. I mean, was, was it, does he have the put spa? Was it, was it Patty Wah after uh, what, with the whole oh, thing with Montreal? Colorado? Yeah. It Montreal to Colorado. That might've been it. Might've been, it might've been, it might've been him. Yeah. But that's, I, I think that's the move that you need to make. I mean, that's five, five million bucks yeah. off the books. And, and, and you could get potentially a pretty good asset in return. Yeah. Uh, chirp six, if Bruce Cassidy wins the cup, 
Does it make the ending even worse? Um, I mean, I honestly don't think that the the team would would have been where they were at if Cassidy was there, and right. and and it wouldn't have been the same team. So, does it make it worse? I, I mean, does it sting a little bit? Yeah, because he was here, and then he goes somewhere else and wins. But I really feel like it's more like good for him. You know, he yeah, landed on his sure. feet. He's he was a great coach. Like we didn't really want to want to see him gone, but you know, right. when you saw all the all the stuff coming out of the locker room after he left, like it was time. Like we've talked about before. Like right. there's there's times where it's just like the message gets a little stale and it's time to move on to a new guy. And it was time. Mm-hmm. It was time to move on. And the fact that he landed on his feet and has them you know, when a conference final is, you know, really good on Bruce. You know, he's a great coach, and and we we certainly wish him the best. I'll actually probably be pulling for Vegas. I I sure. of the teams left, like I would rather see them win than anyone else. So, sure. um, you know, I'll probably be pulling for them. Well, I, I'd love to see Cassidy win. I mean, yeah. he deserves. It. He's a, he's a really good coach, and I think. You know, if if anything, Cassie's gonna love the shit out of it. Sure, I mean, he's gonna go to he's gonna go make four and a half million or whatever he makes in Vegas. Yeah, uh, after after Boston, and then win the cup the very next year. It's like a Tom Brady to to Tampa Bay situation. Sure. Like, kind of disgruntled, kind of didn't love the way he was treated, didn't think it was warranted, and then goes to Vegas and takes a team that's not as talented as you are, and wins the cup. Yeah. I mean, and blows through Edmonton, two of the best players in the world yep. on the team. Like, that's pretty damn good. I and mean, that's pretty damn good. So, uh, especially if they beat Florida in the final <laughs> yeah. team that you couldn't beat. So, that's great. Uh, all right, Chirp 7. Will a Canadian team ever win a cup again? They haven't won it since 1993, the first season for Gary Bettman. Yeah, uh, everybody has all these conspiracy theories yeah. like uh, Batman's trying to keep the cup out of Canada and all that. That's just right. absolute baloney. Oh, uh, but smart. But no, he isn't. Yeah. But uh, so I hope they don't. Honestly, <laughs> just just because they they're they're mad about all this stuff. Like I don't want to see Montreal win it because I don't like Montreal at all. I don't want to see Toronto win it because their fan base and the media there is just bonkers like they just that they're just so uh over the top i just i i i just don't want i want to see them just stay miserable right and then edmonton won their cups in the 80s with gretzky uh so i don't want to see them win it i'd like to see Connor mcdavid actually get traded somewhere else and then him win somewhere else i think that'd be fantastic if he was traded somewhere else and then he wins you know a bunch Uh, so yeah. And Vancouver, you know, burn your city to the ground. Like I, I, I don't want to see them win it. And, uh, and Winnipeg is, you know, who wants to see Winnipeg win it? Uh, and same with Calgary. So yeah, I, I, I hope they, I hope the Canadian team never wins it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> do you, would you, here's this question. Would you do a package involving McAvoy and Pasternak for dry settle? Um, because they could need a defenseman. I mean, Darnell Nurse is their best, and that's not great. Well, they just got Ekholm, yeah. Would I do it for Drysaddle? Drysaddle kind of disappeared at the end of that series. He did. So I didn't, he did. I didn't love that. Um, yeah. And how much of it is the McDavid effect? I wonder. Right, true. You know, because they get Kevin a bunch Stevens of... Stevens leaving. The like, yeah, like people talk yeah. about Nugent Hopkins, and I was like, yeah, right. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, right. he had like 60 points on the power play or something. Like, play, yeah. 
you know, Bouchard had night with eighteen. Yeah, I mean, those guys. It's yeah, it's guys it's part of benefits. Yeah, it's like it's like the guys who played with Mario Lemieux, and you're like, right. You know, yeah, or Brown. yeah, it's like yeah. Rob Brown had 144 <laughs> points playing with Mario Lemieux, and then it's like Brady yeah, Anderson's 52 home runs. It's like all one year. In a chair, and I would have got 70. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. like it, so. I I worry about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would. I think I would rather have two really good players than than Drysaddle, especially if I had to give up. You know, I mean, I guess it would yeah. cut the cap down. Uh, yeah, the cap number sure. down a little bit, but then you're Maybe. looking for, but then you're looking yeah. for a number one defenseman. Yeah. And I honestly think that, um, especially in the playoffs, I mean, and McAvoy didn't play well in the playoffs, but number one defenseman, you really need those come, come playoff yeah. time. It's yeah. really, it's really important. So I don't know. I don't think I would do that. I don't think I would, but I would, cons- I would consider it, but I, th- I think in the end, I don't think I would pull the trigger. Yeah, I, I probably. It's just interesting that a center. I, I I just think that Edmonton probably. I wonder if they if they try to or if they move on from Drysaddle. Like if they try to change the makeup of that team. Um, yeah, I wonder if they continue to go on with him. So I heard an interesting tweet today. Here's here's another hypothetical. Would you do this? Would you do Matthews and Marner from McDavid? If you were Toronto and Edmonton, would you would you swap those guys? to change the makeup of your teams? It only if I knew Matthews wouldn't stay. Like, if Matthews wouldn't stay, it changes the dynamic of that. I honestly, I wouldn't, because I think Matthews, at 25 years old, I think Matthews is really, really good. Yeah. And I think he's getting a lot of bad rap there. Yeah. I think there's some other guys in that core, like Marner, you know, that, you know, I'd move away from them. But, but Matthews is really good, and I just feel like Matthews can win a cup. McDavid still has not, and I would just I, – I don't think I would trade Matthews. I, I think I would keep Matthews. I, I, really, I really do, personally. Um, but not if I thought that he was gone right. his contract is up. You know yeah. I mean? Then I'd say, yeah, sure, let's, let's do that. Um, but that's an interesting one. It is an interesting uh, one. I I think I'm with you though because I think I think Matthews is a more complete player, and I think, I think so too. I think, um, you know, obviously McDavid's going to score goals and and be dynamic in the playoffs, and he has been. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it but it hasn't gotten them the success that they, um, that they want. So um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. Um, but. I, I, I think both those guys are really good. I mean, maybe it's a change of scenery type situation where if you yeah. flop them around. But, right. you know, I don't know what Matthew um, McDavid's personality is, but could he handle that kind of uh, well, that's the other that thing. I mean, media market? And, and ter- great at it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. can he handle that media market in Toronto? I don't know. Like, yeah. he seems kind of like a quiet guy, and they yeah. would probably eat him alive if, yeah. you know, if he was – you know, because he is the greatest player on the planet. If he goes there and they still don't win, like, right? <laughs> I mean, it, that would be uh, difficult for him to probably deal with. So, right. I, I think I'm probably with you. I think I would probably just hold on to, uh, you know, hold on to Matthews and yeah, I, so I, forth. I think I would, but it's a, it is an interesting one. And I don't know if McDavid or Matthews want to stay in their respective places. I, I have no idea. Yeah, but no, uh, it's just a hypothetical. I heard. It's I an thought interesting it was a, one. Yeah, it, it's it. I really. People might think I'm crazy, but I, I think I ride the next eight years with Matthews. 
over McDavid. I think I do. I, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. So you think, McD- you th- do you think uh, Matthews will win a cup before McDavid? Does? I think Matthews will win a cup before McDavid. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right here. I think Matthews is going to win a cup before McDavid. <laughs> I, I really believe so. Uh, all right, DraftKings Sportsbook Boston's hometown sportsbook is live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use. Now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts, that's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in Mass. Eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Opt-in required. Bonus issues as free bets. Terms at DraftKings.com slash MA. All right, beauties and benders. And uh, this week's uh, beauties, number three, Garnet Hathaway. Going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Hathaway with a one-handed stab in foul territory at Fenway. Yeah, it was a nice grab by him. It was a really nice grab. Showing some nice mitts. Think you think uh, they'll they'll try to sign him to like a veteran minimum, get him to stick around. Yeah, I I I do, but I think someone out there will give him a little bit of a juicier situation, a little more contract. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I look at like a guy like Noel Achari is making two and a half. Yeah. And if I'm Garnet Hathaway, I'm trying to get two and a half. I'm trying to get Noel Achari. Right. You know what I mean? And, and here's the thing about Hathaway, and I, and I like Hathaway, and I thought it was a good move. I, I, I feel a little, a little empty inside uh, on Hathaway. I just, I don't, I don't know if, if I got what I thought I'd get from him. I agree with you. I did not get what I thought I would get from him. There were, there were flashes of it. But I yeah. think part of it is the way the Bruins play. The way that Bruins play defensively um, right. does not um, is not conducive to his style of play as far as how they forecheck and so forth. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that part of it we were kind of um, we kind of got cheated out of out of that so. a little bit. And they also in the way they kind of cycle and stuff. He, yeah, I mean, he gets in front of the net. He's an agitator. You know what I mean? He gets in front of the goalie and all that. And just didn't see a ton of it from him. And I think he only played, it was some nights when he played eight or nine minutes. Like, it just, it just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I got what I thought I'd get from him fully. I mean, there were a couple of moments there where you're like, oh, yeah, there's, there's Hathaway. But not as much as I really thought. Of course, they, they get eliminated in the first round. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. It's not like he's, you know, showing his worth as he goes forward. Right. You know yeah, I mean, but, he, yeah, they, he, they didn't really have a, a – um, but, I mean, that should have been a series, you would think, that was right, right up his alley. Sure, with Bennett and yeah. Kachuk. But maybe, I mean, he maybe they just didn't get on the ice as at the same time as much, yeah. as, you know, with those guys um, yeah. as maybe, you know – we would have liked them too to kind of mix right. things up and so I forth. I feel like the I feel like the Merlot line in eleven was a lot more noticeable. They played a lot more. I yeah. just feel like they did. Well they they obviously 
you know, showed their worth a lot more. Like, I, I just thought that the fourth line for the Bruins just didn't play a ton. And um, like you said, the kind of the way they play, and it didn't really give him his agitator, uh, you know, his time to be that kind of guy. Um, when I thought that Florida had some guys who kind of did that, mm-hmm. and, I don't, and he was one guy who, who could, and I don't think he was given the opportunity. I think, yeah, I'd, I'd like to have him back on a minimum or like a, a million bucks or whatever. I, I just think that someone's going to show him some little bit more value, I think, and probably offer him a little bit more. Yeah, I think you're right, I, and I think they'll pro- they he might even be looking for like a a little bit of an increased role, like maybe a third line role sure. instead of a fourth line with some right. more playing time and that kind of stuff right. promised to him. Right, and they, they just and first of all, their history they don't give fourth liners more like the second go around. Right, don't. they let them go yeah. all the time. Yeah, like, all the time. So they they like to keep that under two million bucks that player. Uh, first of all, and then secondly, like you said, I think. You know, they just don't have the luxury to pay guys. Now, they have to use Beecher and McLaughlin yeah. and Lauco and Steen. They have to use those guys next year. Yeah. And I don't think Hathaway, I just don't think they have enough leeway to, to give him money to stay there. It's got to be a younger group. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Beauty number two, Jack Eichel. Going to love you, eh? <clears throat> They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. You know, you know Eichel took a lot of heat from from Vegas fans, of course, Buffalo fans in the past, and mm-hmm. also Cassidy, you know, pushed him a little bit, and I thought that that was like oil and water to begin with. Uh, but Eichel is, is pulled through, and they're going to the Western Conference Finals, and um, it's good for – I feel good for Jack because he's a great player, mm-hmm. and he was in a bad situation in Buffalo, and he comes to Vegas. There's some heat on him right away. There's a lot of narratives about him. But Eichel, uh, you know, he's he's coming through and he has a chance to win a cup. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, he was in some bad situations. He kind of was at odds with Buffalo management about uh, how they wanted to handle his injury. Um, and he did what he thought was best for him in his career. And it, he ends up uh, coming out looking pretty good in this, I think. Um, you know, the, the surgery seemed to go pretty well. He seems to be back in form and, and playing well. And, you know, his team's going to the conference finals. And... You know, Buffalo's golfing, so. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. great golfers at uh, Sabres. Yeah. Uh, and then beauty number one, Jonathan Marcheseau. Jonathan. I love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Ma- Marshy, as they call him in Vegas. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. But yeah, I, I, I hate it. <laughs> natural hat trick to send Vegas to the conference final. Marcheseau, who's been there from the get-go, I believe, right, for Vegas? Yeah, I, bo- um, I think so. It's been a really good player for the Knights from, from the beginning. Yeah, he had 28 goals in the regular season, and then, yeah. you know, a natural hat trick in, in uh, what was it, game six, right? Game six? Yeah, game game six. six to yeah. send uh, send his team to the conference in finals in Edmonton. So, uh, you know, a really yeah. big game for him, and, and he's been really good for them you know, since the beginning uh, with Riley Smith and, and William sure. Carlson early on. So, um, you know, uh, he's having a, having a good year and, and showed up at the right time for, uh, for yeah. Vegas. No doubt. And now we'll move on to the benders. And these are things that uh, we're not really fans of. Uh, and number three is pollen. Bender. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't know what happened or what, global warming or climate change or any of that stuff. I don't get it, but I do get this. The pollen is the worst it's ever fucking been. Yeah. 
my eyes, I want to take them out and wash them off and put them back <laughs> in every 10 minutes. You, I mean, driving around in your car, is there anything worse than you drive, oh. you drive, you got to put the windshield wipers on and the, and the, use the, the wiper fluid. And then you get somewhere, you're going inside for five minutes, you come back out and your car looks like it fucking snowed. It's, <laughs> it's, it's covered. So green. Yeah. Sure. I was outside. I was outside grilling tonight. I must've sneezed six times out there when I, I was out there for 10 minutes cooking chicken. I, and it's this, bad. it's terrible. I mean, and, and those, I guess it's those Canadian wildfires. And I think they're pissed that they have won the cup in 30 years. So they're burning the shit down. So I think that those wildfires are bringing that haziness yeah and that you know and that shit in there so it's it's worse this year because it is worse i mean it is worse bad yeah it's so bad yeah the allergy allergy season is is in full blast right now in the northeast loving the hell out of that Uh, (laughs) all right uh my number two bender is excuses uh can people stop with this the the all the teams, all the teams, uh, Tor- Toronto's complaining about, you know, this guy got a three-game suspension, my, and, you know, they did it to my guy and didn't get any games. Or this ref, you know, they, they don't want Canadian teams to win. Batman doesn't want Canadian teams to win. You know, it's everything else except for the management and the players' fault. It was like that around here, too. You know, the sure. Bruins, like, oh, you know, uh Florida's getting away with all this stuff. And, you know, everybody cries about penalties. The officiating, folks, listen, the officiating stinks throughout the entire league. The, no really one's picking don't. on just your team. Nope. They stink globally, all of yeah. them. Yeah. They stink equally for everyone. No one is trying to make your team lose. They just stink at their jobs. They're yeah. not good at it, and it affects everyone. Okay, conspiracy theories are the most ignorant thing in the world. Like it's just it's it's not a conspiracy against your shitty team. Yeah, that they're gonna. It's it's just not. It's and it's you're right. It's every team, every fan out there is my team always gets screwed by the refs. Yeah, my team. And, and here's the other thing I love: the Bruins get all the calls. I love that one from from like Toronto fans and yeah. all these other fans like the Bruins get all the I'm telling you I've been watching the Bruins a long time yeah. like my whole life yeah. they don't get all the calls they don't confirmed uh, yeah, yeah confirmed I mean if you yeah. I mean we want to go back to some that really matter you could talk about the Achari trip sure. in the in the in the finals or you could talk yeah. about the puck going out of play out of play. out of play and then the other team scores a goal to win the game yes. out of play so you could you in the in the Stanley Cup final, yeah. out of play. So of play. you could talk all you want about whether the Bruins get calls or your team doesn't get calls, but it's it it all comes down to excuses. That's not the reason the Bruins lost the Cup in nineteen. No. Uh, no. It's because they couldn't handle St. Louis's physicality and forecheck, and then they right. and then they played bad or uh, let in soft goals or you know didn't score when they had the opportunity to. It, it just comes down to, your, you know, the other team played better than you. Bennington played better in that final, as much as it kills me to say, than Rast did. Like, those yep. things happen. Like, the other team yep. sometimes plays better than you. Florida yep. played better than Boston. That's why they won. Boston right. turned the puck over, but Florida had a lot to do with that. Yep. So, you know, it, it's not everyone's fault. You can't make excuses. Your no. team didn't play well. That's what it comes down to in the end. In the end, that's it. You're right. Uh, all right. And number one is individual awards. Ah, the bender. 
No one gives a flying fuck. No one cares. No, don't. Nobody I don't cares. I don't understand this about fans. Like, they care so much about some guy winning some. It's not, you know, hey, Bergeron wins a six selkie. Great. Happy for him for like a half a second. I don't, I don't care. I mean, what do you care about other guy, about guys winning individual awards? All they care about is getting their bonus money. Like, who, who cares about an individual getting any type of award? It's the same thing about, like, the All-Star game. If your guy hits a home run or scores a goal, like, who cares? It, it, I don't, I don't care what i want is my team to win that's what i mean that's what it comes down to for me is i want my team to win i don't care if if pasternak's a finalist for the hard trophy he's not going to win it i I mean i don't care about that i want them to win the stanley cup i mean would mcdavid trade all his heart trophies for stanley cups probably would so the individual awards don't they don't matter People, right. they don't matter. It's it's nice. It's in off season, you know. You get to clap for the guy for five seconds. Who yeah. gives a? F- and then you know, right. Millie Vanilli comes on and plays a concert in Canada. It's great. Right. Uh, but no one gives a rat's ass. Uh, no, no one, one cares win, at all. No one could win five individual awards, four or five individual awards this year. I bet every one of them would give it back to at least get to the second round. <laughs> like, uh, they would. I mean, for if for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, if if I'm. You know, somebody that's won, like Carl Malone or somebody like that, that's won all these, all these individual awards, all these, and he's never won a title. Would he trade all of them for a title? Yes, he would. Would Dan Marino trade all his shit for a Super Bowl trophy? He sure would. Yeah. So uh, the individual awards, stop with it. Stop with it. I hate it. You know, I hate how, it. How do you feel about this narrative I heard recently that Canadian players – for the most part, care more about winning the cup than the American players. Did you hear this one? <laughs> I didn't hear that, and that is... That this is a Canadian... It's a Canadian sport, a Canadian, you know, Canadian cup, whatever, and that the reason why, you know, the, that the, the Bruins had too many American players who really, at the end of the day, won't live and die by winning the cup, and Canadian players care more about the cup than either Americans or, or, or players from other countries who didn't grow up with, you know, let's win the Stanley Cup. I don't buy that at all. I, I mean, I don't either. Like, it got me to thinking, like, you know, does someone like Dmitry Orlov, like, is, did, he, did he grow up thinking, let's win the Stanley Cup? Probably not. Probably not. But at some point, you know, I think, you know, that comes into play, like, this is the, this is the biggest championship in hockey. I mean, it, it has to be. It's better than the KHL championship. Like, it's, it's got to be the best in hockey. So yeah. why wouldn't you want to be at the pinnacle of hockey by winning the Stanley Cup? Yeah, I think you would be. Right? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Thank you. I, think, I mean, that's... I, mean, I just think it was a terrible take that yeah. I saw on Twitter, which I should stop looking at Twitter. <laughs> but that, that's, uh, that's my first mistake. But uh, people were saying kind of that, you know, you know Canadian players let, you know, want it more. Eh. That's, you know who said that? You know, you know who said that? A fucking Canadian guy. A that's Canadian who. Guy. That's yeah. who said it. Because, because you know, it's yeah. it's our game, and and right. we care more right. about that's it than you do. Uh, you know, so yeah, yeah. go to hell, buddy. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I also heard his. We should do like we should do <laughs> social media hot takes by Bruins fans. Here's another one. <laughs> so I, I saw on on Facebook some Facebook group. A guy says that uh, what did he say? There was um, 
was it was it too many too many uh, no too many college <laughs> too oh many too many college, college defensemen yeah too many college defensemen yeah McAvoy Grizzlick you know too many guys who played Clifton college yeah hockey, Carlo yeah too many guys who played college hockey on the defense uh, that caused them to lose. Yeah, Too many college players. Right, because Kale McCarr, who went to UMass and yeah, was yeah, Conn yeah. Smythe winner, yeah. you know he's he's terrible. Yeah, he's <laughs> obviously, yeah. yeah Brian, Brian Leach, one of the best defensemen yeah. of all time, went to BC. Yeah, he's he's yeah, awful. Yeah, you, Adam Fox went to Harvard. He's he's yeah. terrible. No one wants him. Horrendous. Norris yeah. Trophy winner. He's awful. I got, I got I got news for you. There's more. First of all, there's more good college players than there were. 30, 40 years ago. Absolutely. Yes. If you went to college, you weren't good enough. Yeah. Like if you went to, if you went and played in college, you probably wouldn't get a shot in the NHL back in the day. Yeah. Now, great players spend a year or two in college. Sure they do. You know, they, 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 McAvoy and they, all these guys. So yeah. Jack Eichel, uh, Paul Correa like used to be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, I mean, there's quite a few decent ones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah that's a, Adam that's Oates, a, Adam Oates. Yeah. He's, yeah, that's, he's yeah. terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I love that take too, but I I'm gonna have to scour the uh, internets, yeah, interwebs. Yeah, that'll be it. We should do we should do a whole yeah. uh, off yeah, season episode on that. Take. Yeah, yeah, hot, hot takes. Fans. Yeah, <laughs> I love yes. it. Uh, hey, Bernard Tekapalooza winner. We finally got a winner. Oh. We we tracked this for weeks, <laughs> and the winner of Bernard Tekapalooza. The Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, and this was this was rigged according to oh everyone too. <laughs> right, this is another conspiracy theory. Yeah, the lotteries. Yeah, yeah, it's rigged. Rigged uh, to get to uh, Bedard to an original six team in Chicago. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, coming off uh, some scandalous things happening there oh, with sure. the. So uh, yeah, I gotta yeah. sweep that under the rug and uh, yeah. let's sell some tickets, which they did. Yeah. They sold yep. uh, like 2.3 million tickets, I think, or something like that, in in the first day or whatever yep. since uh, after he got drafted. So, right, uh, looks like um, the Chicago fans will be back in the building come next year, and uh, that'll be an exciting. Uh, you know what's hilarious is all all the all the all the people out there, media and people, who are trying to come up with these trade scenarios where they would trade it. Yeah. You're not going to trade the first pick of the draft when you sold 2.3 million tickets. Like, you're not going to trade the guy. Uh, you know what I mean? So I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, didn't you see, was it, it was Kevin Paul DuPont, I think, right? He did. He yeah, said, he's, yeah, yeah, he said McAvoy, Pasternak, right. uh, Swayman, and yes. someone, and someone and else. Like a, and someone else or, or a first and 20. Oh, a first and else. someone else for Bedard. Yeah. Uh, Chicago. Look, it, they tanked on purpose. They did to get this guy. Why right. on earth right. would they trade him to anyone right. for any reason? For all for all those guys who already make big money, mm -hmm. like they got a guy under their control for however long, yeah, making making peanuts, right? Three like, years for three year entry level deal, three years making. Three years. Yeah. He's gonna play game one. He's gonna yeah. be there. So why would they do that? Like they're not gonna do that. They the wouldn't even. I don't do think that. they would even trade him for McDavid. Do you? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because McDavid I mean, makes what fourteen million a year or thirteen yeah, and a half I mean, or something. They're not going to go get a guy that makes all this money mm -mm. and only has a little bit of term left. Yeah. You're going to pay him again. Yeah. more mm -hmm. than he did. Like you're not going to get Matthews. There was another one. Matthews. Let's get Matthews for him or whatever. 
Like, there's, there's just no way. I mean, this for by all accounts, this guy is another franchise generational talent. Yeah. Like, so you got him for short money for three years, and he's the face of the thing, and you just you just you just sold all these tickets. And are you gonna sell, you know trade him for you know Taylor Hall? I think that would be yeah, hilarious yeah. If, if Chicago <laughs> was like Chicago, you're on the clock, and they're like it's a Chicago move. Uh, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago makes a trade with yeah. the Arizona Coyotes for Clayton Keller, and you know <laughs> the the people in Chicago would absolutely oh riot. They would the riot. That would be the last straw of a really tumultuous oh yeah they uh, would absolutely know, riot oh, oh my, my god it would be hilarious i kind of oh hope god, it happens great theater yeah i kind of hope it happens know, you're there draft night and like a trade, <laughs> <laughs> a trade. oh my god uh, i would scream out loud oh my god and jump up and down. i we would have to do a a, a benders live immediately oh, live with immediate reaction Bedard <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. is traded by chicago for four firsts and a right. bag of Pox. Seattle for Matty Beneers <laughs> and Jordan Everly. <laughs> Yanni Gord. <laughs> Seattle t- trades its oh, entire franchise to the Chicago Blackhawks for oh, Connor Bedard. Uh, wow. Uh, hey, the calendar for Bruins offseason. How about this? June 28-29 is when Connor Bernardo will be traded at the NHL draft. <laughs> uh, July, July 1st, free agency begins. July 3rd through the 7th was announced today, development camp, rookie development camp. Uh, September 13th to 18th will be rookie camp. And then September 20, the training camp opens. So we are at four solid months until the training camp opens up for the Boston Bruins with a what should be a vastly different roster. Absolutely, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting off season for sure. Uh, lots of lots of things to do, lots of moves to make, lots of cap space to clear. Um, yeah. You know, so the Bruins uh, are are going to have a busy off season, we think, and and we'll be there with you every step of the way. What's a, what's a what's a what's a move that might be under the radar that they may they may make? You think an under the radar move, mm-hmm. like something that's not really talked about right now, but but you think you know this is kind of going out on a limb. This might this could happen. Um, this could happen. I think there is a pretty good chance. I mean, we've kind of hit on a lot of it, but I think there's. A pretty good chance that Grizzlick is tr- is traded. I think. Um, I think Forbort will probably get traded. I think. Um, I'm. I. I don't know. I mean, the Allmark thing isn't under the radar. We talked about it quite a bit, but I, I really think they'll explore that um, to try to get under the cap. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say that they bring Bertuzzi back. Okay. So you got Pertuzzi back. Okay. Pertuzzi back, and I think Grizzlick probably is is uh, a cap casualty. Do you think they have the conversation with Marchand? I think they will have a conversation with Marchand. I I honestly think, and I've said this before, I think he's done when his contract right. is up in two years. Two years, yeah. So um, whether if they can... They be- aren't, if they, so let's say Bergeron doesn't come back, Krejci doesn't come back, they really aren't a cup contender. I mean, they might be a playoff team, not a cup contender. 
Do you think he takes? He, do you think? Do you think they ask him, and you think he takes the opportunity to say, you know what? Yeah, send me to Edmonton. You know. I don't think so. You don't think so? I I, I don't I don't know if they I don't think they would have the conversation with him first of all because uh, I don't think they would have it with Bergeron. I think Marshan's number is probably going to go up to the Raptors, uh, right. and I think he wants to like Bergeron end his career as a Bruin. Um, so you don't see like a Marshan Nugent Hopkins kind of swap. No, like I think um, I think if anything, you'll see him uh, end up with the captaincy. I think that's what yeah. you'll see. Oh, really? Yeah. You think they'll give him the captaincy? I think so. I think well, it will be him. What turn of events that is in his career? I think I think he yeah, will be the that. captain of the Bruins if Bergeron so? is done. Yep. <clears throat> I think it's gonna. I think he'll be the captain, and Pasternak McEvoy and McAvoy will be okay. will be assistants. Maybe throw Kylo in there too as a alternate captain. But yeah, he'll he'll be the captain of the Bruins if if Bergeron doesn't come back. Here's a guy to keep an eye on for me, Jake DeBrusque. I'm, I'm I'm keeping an eye on him just because I think he has one year left. Yep. And he then does. look at he's coming into you know by that time 27 years old or whatever he's gonna need he's taken a little bit less or whatever kind of bridgey deals mm-hmm. he's gonna be looking for his sweet spot five five year deal you know what I'm saying he's gonna be looking for his like this is my this is the deal yeah. that I have to do in my prime so I wonder if. They see what they could get for him, thinking that they may not be able to resign him. That's not a that's that's a pretty good one because I think yeah. I think that 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 definitely could be, um, yeah, that could be could be something there because I think they will have trouble resigning him. Right. Um, so you could see. A, I mean, look. I mean, it could be. You know, maybe it's all Mark DeBrusque and see what you could get. You might get a, you might get a, a good amount. For that. Yeah, I mean, if you went if you went to Edmonton and said we'll give you Jake DeBrusque and Linus Almark for Nugent Hopkins, mm-hmm. I mean that that could I, that could I, potentially happen. Yeah. And then you you have your center, right. um, and they and they have you know a scoring winger to go with, right? You know either Drysaddle or McDavid, and and right. you know a goalie, right? And thinking that Lysel maybe not next year, but soon Lysel could be a DeBrusque. You know, you could yeah. be that type of guy. Yeah, so, maybe, or maybe, you know, happen. maybe it's Merkulov that you plug in there as, right. as he gets used to playing, uh, you know, in the yeah. NHL. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. That is interesting. I like that yeah. one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, all right, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page. See our content there. Please rate and review on Apple and subscribe and follow on the pl- podcast platforms. Sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ITR. We'll be back next week with Maine Mariners coach Terrence Wallen making a return visit. Until then, thanks for listening and go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Mm, bye-bye. Bye-bye.